New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, and thanks so much for joining us today as we continue to read through the book of Exodus. My name is Greg Freeman, and I have the privilege of serving as one of the pastors here at New Vision. Today, we'll be reading from Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 16, and I'm reading from the NIV translation. Verse 8, the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow, I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning, but whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. Verse 12. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Verse 15, Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. He said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. Let's take a minute and put this verse into context. Now, yesterday in verses one through seven, the Israelites were complaining to Moses about being thirsty. Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst, they asked. And you can kind of hear them grumbling about it. Of course, using God's power, God, uh, God's power, Moses got them water from the rock and crisis averted for the time being. Now the nation of Israel is being attacked by the Amalekites, their longtime enemy. So Moses sends Joshua to gather up some men and go fight. And while Joshua was fighting, Moses is going to stand on a hill encouraging the Israelites until they won the battle. Now, it's worth pointing out that Moses stood on the hill with the staff of God. This is the same staff that he used to turn the Nile to blood. It's the same staff he used in the parting of the Red Sea in chapter 14. It's the same staff he just used to get water from the rock. The staff of God really was what Moses had. It was the power of God. And it's worth noting, I think, that as believers, we too have the power of God in the form of the Holy Spirit. And that's something we need to try to remember whenever things get difficult or whenever we get down. Now, I think this narrative has some points that have a very practical application for us. Many people would equate Moses raising his hands and his staff to be the equivalent of prayer. Certainly, Paul talked about the power of prayer and lifted hands in 1 Timothy. So we see the leader of the nation of Israel's most effective place in battle with a brutal enemy was before God in prayer. To be sure, he had other guys out fighting in the valley, but he knew his place was on top of the hill above the fray invoking God's will. really speaks to the power of prayer for a leader. This shows us that whether your battle is physical or spiritual or emotional or relational or whatever it might be, one of the most effective things, if not the most effective thing you can do is pray. It shouldn't be our last resort. It should be the first thing we go to. You pray for guidance or direction or discernment, but you're asking God to step into the battle with you, just as Moses did. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have a role in your battle. I think this is a great quote from Charles Spurgeon. He writes, Prayer is a downright mockery if it does not lead us into the practical use of means likely to promote the ends for which we pray. 
That's Charles Spurgeon. He's kind of confusing sometimes, so let me say that again. Prayer is a downright mockery if it does not lead us into the practical use of means likely to promote the ends for which we pray. To me, that means that while we're dependent on God's sovereignty and God's grace, we need to be actively involved in whatever whatever it is we're going through. We have a role. Now, the other thing about a battle, regardless of what type it is, is that battles are tiring. In this story, the battle between Israel and the Amalekites lasts throughout the day. In fact, the scripture says Moses' hands remain up from early in the morning until sunset. Now, all of us have battled with situations and people, and we simply know from our own experience that battles are hard, struggles are difficult, they're tiring. Fortunately, God never intended us for never intended for us to fight battles alone, and we see this here. When Moses had his hands up, the Israelites were winning. When he lowered them, the Israelites were losing. Moses got tired. He lowered his hands. Any of us can do the same. We get tired. We get frustrated, discouraged. When we don't see things go the way we want, when somebody doesn't act the way we want, when we don't get the job we want, and when we get tired and frustrated and discouraged, we lower our hands. Sometimes when we get tired and frustrated and discouraged, we isolate ourselves. That's where we're the most vulnerable. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A quarter of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, we've used this statement at New Vision a lot, don't do life alone. Put it on bumper stickers and t-shirts and pretty much anything you can see because it's true. Alone, you can be overpowered. However, when you have someone else around you, you can defend yourself. And three is not easily broken. Now, let's look at how this plays out for Moses in this story. He gets tired. His arms drop. Israel begins losing the battle. So what happens? In verse 12, we see that his friends Aaron and Hur literally support him. In verse 12, the scripture says, Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. What a great practical approach. Certainly the stakes were high for Israel. In fact, their very existence was at stake. But instead of working on his own, Moses relied on two others to help him as he played his role in this battle. So I think that makes us ask a couple questions about ourselves. First, who are the Aaron and her in our own lives? Who are those very close people who you trust who will be there for you no matter when it is, when you need them, supporting you no matter how long it takes? Who are those believers who you have let into your life who will share with you honestly and continually, and even when it's painful, especially when it's painful, when it's things you don't want to hear, who is that you have? As human beings, we're all social creatures. We all interact with people. But who is it you've led into your life to support and encourage you and challenge you? If you don't have that person or those people in your life, then you're basically trying to do life on your own, and you're going to be easily overpowered. Finding that person isn't easy, but you need to start praying and looking for someone The best ways to do that is through a small group at church or a Bible study at work, anywhere where you can find believers who are committed to the truth of God's word. Remember what Spurgeon said, prayer is a mockery if you don't step into it. So we have that obligation to go find those people in our lives. But I think it's worth noting that as believers, even if there aren't people around us in the immediacy, even if we're in the process of looking for that, we're never alone because we have Jesus with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. That has to be comforting. Now, I think here's the next question that we as believers should be asking ourselves. Whose arms are we helping to hold up? Aaron and Hur stepped in and served Israel by serving Moses. Their role in a glorious battle was to hold up a guy's arms. Now, that's not usually the type of thing they write songs about. But when they served Israel, Israel won. And just as we're dependent on faithful believers to support and encourage us, 
so are others dependent on us to support and encourage them. We should be actively looking for ways to serve others by serving people. Just like we shouldn't do a life alone, neither should the people around us do life alone. Israel defeated the Amalekites at Rephidim because they channeled God's power through prayer and performed their roles in service to one another. What a great example of some basic principles that can help each of us with whatever battle we're facing. Thanks for listening today, and God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.